It enough. was it was fun. It was crazy. Yeah. It was crazy. Oh, are we oh we are. good evening. I'll call this uh, January 16th meeting of the Planning Commission to order. And uh, we'll start with the Pledge of Le Pledge of Allegiance led by Commissioner Wilkerson, please. Excuse me, Chair. Roll call. Oh, will the clerk please call the roll? Chair Klein. Present. Vice excuse me, Vice Chair Rudine. Wilkerson? Here. Commissioner Fortney? Here. Commissioner Vargas? Here. Commissioner Lightfoot? Here. Commissioner Vanta? Here. Chair, we have a quorum. Thank you, Nancy. Um, will Commissioner Wilkerson, will you please lead us in the pledge? Please join me in the pledge. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. 
Happy New Year's greetings, everyone. Um, we're uh, a little rusty, but we'll jump into it. Um, do we have community, uh, we'll, item three, do we have any communications to report? Thank you, Mr. Chair. There is one additional item of communication that's been furnished to all the commissioners and staff will address it during the presentation for our public hearing item. Thank you, Director Morris. Our next item is approval of the agenda. Do I have a motion and then a second to approve the agenda? So moved. Move, moved by Commissioner Fortney, seconded by Vice Chair Rudin. Will the clerk please call the... Commissioner Wilkerson? Commissioner Fortney? Yeah. Commissioner Vargas? Yes. Commissioner Lightfoot? Yes. Commissioner Banta? Yes. Vice Chair Rudin? Chair Klein. Yes. Passes. Thank you. Our next item is number five, business from the floor. This portion of the agenda is available for the public to address the Planning Commission on any issue that is not on the agenda, I would stress. There will be a limit of three minutes per speaker. I welcome anyone who wishes to address the Commission regarding a topic or issue that is not on the agenda this evening to please approach the podium at this time. Seeing none, we'll close public comment. Our next item is the consent calendar, which includes approval of minutes from December 5, 2023, uh, from our last meeting. Does anyone from the commission or the public wish to pull the consent item for discussion? Okay, seeing none, do I have a motion? Moved by Commissioner Fortney, do we have a second? Seconded by Vice Chair Rudin. Will the clerk please call the, the item? Commissioner Wilkerson? Commissioner Fortney? Yes. Commissioner Vargas? Same. Commissioner Lightfoot? Yes. Commissioner Banta? Yes. Vice Chair Rudin? Yes. Chair Klein? Yes. Motion passes. Thank you, Nancy. We'll move on to our public hearing this evening, item number seven, which is to receive a presentation on the Millennium Center General Plan map amendment and zoning map amendments. But before we do, commissioners, does anyone have any ex parte communication to share? Okay, thank you very much. Um, I have none to disclose as well. So with that, we'll move on to the staff report. May we please have the staff presentation? Noah? Good evening, Chair, Planning Commissioners, members of the public. Tonight's presentation is regarding a request to amend the general plan and the zoning map for property located in the Millennium Center. The request before you is to change the general plan map land use designation for the Millennium Center site from private recreation to commercial office and to change the zoning map designation of the site from parks and recreation to commercial office. The map on the right of your screen highlights the project site in red. It's located to the south of the Browns Valley InShape with access coming off of Browns Valley Road. To the west and to the south, it's surrounded by existing single family residences in the Glen Eagle Ranch subdivision. And to the east across Browns Valley Road, it is surrounded by more single family residences in the Ridgeview subdivision. The project consists of three applications, a reaffirmation of the previous environmental assessment, a general plan amendment, and then also the zoning map amendment. 
The project site is 1.3 acres and consists of two buildings, one larger building and then one smaller building, which is located in the center of the, um, the two buildings. There is an existing tenant, a daycare center at the site that currently operates. And then the site also has existing on-site parking and landscape improvements. This pro uh, project site does have a bit of background. In 1975, the Millennium Sports Center was first constructed. The Sports Center is the what is now the Browns Valley InShape. In 2002, the Planning Commission approved a plan development application for the two set of accessory buildings, which are the subject of tonight's application. These two buildings are located on a separate parcel from the Millennium Sports Center. In 2013, InShape was approved at the Millennium Sports Center, which is what's currently there now. In 2015, the city adopted a comprehensive update to the Vacaville General Plan, which designated both the InShape site and also the project site as private recreation. In 2022, uh, following the update of the general plan, uh, our land use and development code was comprehensively updated to reflect the land use designations in the general plan and so both sides were zoned as parks and recreation to implement that private recreation land use designation. And then in 2022, uh, the city received the application from the property owner. And in uh, March of last year, 2023, the city council initiated a general plan amendment as required by the code um, to allow the applicant to submit a formal application, which is the application before you tonight, to amend the general plan and the zoning map. This aerial image shows the project site. As you can see, there are two buildings, the larger building and then also the smaller building um, right here. Again, these two buildings are located on a separate parcel from the Browns Valley in shape. You can also see that the existing single family homes to the south are located at a slightly higher elevation than the two existing uh, buildings. This slide shows a comparison of the existing general plan land use designation which is private recreation. The applicant wishes to change the general plan land use designation to commercial office. Likewise, here's the zoning map comparison. It's currently zoned as parks and recreation and the applicant would like to rezone it to commercial office. When evaluating a general plan amendment, the Planning Commission must look at the consistency with other policies and goals in the general plan to make sure that's consistent and also to ensure that the proposed amendment would not be detrimental to the public health, safety, or welfare, and that it's also compatible with adjoining land uses. Staff has evaluated the proposed general plan amendment and believes that it would meet these findings because it would help to bring local serving community amenities, such as local businesses, closer to um, a residential neighborhood that isn't currently served by local businesses. As you can see in the map to the right, the closest commercial designated site is located approximately a mile and a half away. And so this would help to uh, reduce vehicle miles traveled, promote active transportation by uh, letting residents walk and bike to uh, businesses that would be located closer to where they live. This table shows a comparison of the different land uses that would be allowed under the proposed zoning map and general plan map amendments. As you can see under the current zoning, um, there are very few uses that are allowed. A comprehensive list is found as attachment six to the staff report. But um, in this table, we highlight a few. Community assembly and cultural institutions are 
uh, just two of the uses that are allowed under the parks and rec zoning. But under the commercial office zoning, not only would those two uses be allowed, but other uses such as uh, the existing daycare center, uh, different types of medical and business professional offices, instructional services, and personal services like spas uh, would be allowed as well. In evaluating the zoning map amendment, uh, the Planning Commission must also make sure that the existing development is consistent with uh, the proposed uh, with the objective standards under the proposed uh, zoning, which is commercial office. The existing building is currently set back approximately 15 feet from existing homes, and there are masonry walls and fire access roads and trails that provide a buffer between the uh, existing buildings and the existing single family homes, which allows uh, for land use compatibility to make sure there's no conflicts between the two uses. The building height also is under what is the maximum allowed under the commercial office uh, zoning. And then also the project does provide parking for any proposed uh, potential uses. Staff does want to note that the commercial office zoning district does allow some uses that may be more intensive, that may have higher parking standards, for example, one stall for every 100 square foot. However, the applicant would be limited to low parking uses that can be accommodated by the existing parking on site. And if they did want to access some of those more intensive uses, such as restaurants, for example, they would have to demonstrate that they have adequate parking prior to being able to lease to those types of uses. And this can be done with um, a reciprocal parking agreement with the InShape, for example, or uh, an analysis that shows that uh, the business hours between the two businesses uh, wouldn't overlap, and so there would be adequate parking. As part of the two requests, the city also has conducted an environmental review to evaluate whether or not the proposed changes would uh, create any new significant impacts. The city prepared an addendum, which was attached to the staff report as well. This addendum looked at um, the 2015 Vacaville Final Environmental Impact Report for the General Plan and the 2021 Supplemental Final Environmental Impact Report, which looked at uh, vehicle miles traveled and greenhouse gas emissions. And both of these environmental documents evaluated the, imp the environmental impacts from private recreational uses. The addendum confirms that um, the change to commercial office would provide a negligible impact compared to what was already an analyzed in both uh, environmental documents and uh, evaluates and confirms that no additional environmental analysis would be required. Because this project does consist of land use changes, the project must be referred to the Solano County Airport Land Use Commission. It's located in zone F of the Nutri Airport and zone D of the Travis Air Force Base. And so the project was referred to the Airport Land Use Commission who confirmed in November of last year that the project is consistent with both compatibility plans. Because the project does consist of a general plan amendment and a zoning map amendment, uh, staff also did try to uh, go above in our community outreach as required by the public involvement strategy for land use planning that the city adopted. We issued uh, new project notices on November 10th of 2022, shortly after receiving the application. Um, prior to the city council hearing for the initiation for the project, uh, notices were sent to an expanded million radius of about 1,000 feet from the project site. We also held a neighborhood meeting in June of last year and uh, no comments were received at that meeting, however. And then we also did mail notices prior to this hearing as well in January 5th. 
And we did receive one comment, which was forwarded to you earlier today, and that was from Luis Lara Cortez. And so to conclude, staff supports the project because it meets the required findings for approval. It complies with uh, general plan goals and policies, our zoning ordinance, and also state law. And then it complies with the city's development standards. And so staff recommends that by simple motion, the planning commission recommend that the city council adopt a resolution reaffirming uh, the final environmental impact report and the supplemental EIR for the general plan and introducing an ordinance, oh, and um, amending the general plan map uh, to from private recreation to commercial office, and also introducing an ordinance uh, changing the zoning designation from parks and recreation to commercial office. And so that concludes staff's presentation. We'd be happy to answer any questions. And then we also have the applicant, Sandra Stevenson, who's here to answer any questions that the commission may have as well. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I will turn to uh, commissioner questions at this time, and then we'll invite the applicant to um, make some uh, further comments. Commissioner Wilkerson. Um, <clears throat> thank you so much for the presentation. My questions are actually for the applicant. What currently is there right now in those spaces? Do we know? Uh, please come forward. I'll dispense with name, business right. address, et cetera. Um, the spaces that would be affected by this rezone are vacant. Okay. Um, because they're really procedurally they wouldn't be able to be tenable because of the zoning situation. Okay. Um, and how many potential tenants could you have with the, with the vacant spaces? Um, in my opinion, and I've worked with this property for quite, quite a long time, I'd say it could be as few as two, it could be as many as four, but the total space is only 4,600 square feet. So, uh, a portion of it is the long end of the larger building, then there's the smaller building. This could be two or one. This could be two or one, like with a common reception. So we've been doing preliminary research as far as possible tenancies. What we would really, what I'm looking at right now is underrepresented children, child, family-related services like pediatric dentistry, orthodontia, tutoring, things of that nature. Um, so we're, we're kind of doing a, uh, a, a mapping of Vacaville to figure out what might be the best uses because the idea is to bring two things. One, uses that are complementary and compatible with the existing Millennium Child Development Center, which is two-thirds of the building, and services that might provide uh, local services that the neighborhoods out there could, could utilize, walking, biking, uh, those kind of things. We're not looking to intensif intensify the, the uses. Um, it was originally approved for offices of physical therapy, the personal services. The ownership group, and I guess I'm getting off track here, but I'm just going to, I'm going to wing it. Um, the ownership group that owns the building has been in commercial development for decades. 
multiple generations. They're not in the business of changing their commercial property to residential. They're not looking okay. to, they're very cognizant of the nature of this property, especially because of the Millennium Child Care Center. So the uses are not gonna be a restaurant. They're, even, if, even for the more intense uses that are allowed under commercial office, that's not what we're trying to do. Right. We just wanna you know, get some other tenants in there and make them conducive to the, to the area. Thank you, I appreciate it. Uh, Commissioner Fortney. Yeah. No, a commercial office designation allows for retail sales of both alcohol and tobacco, correct? May I comment? I, I'll get to you in a minute. Yes, the answer They is. do allow for that. And I know the applicant, um, you said you, you're not looking at certain types and you have in parentheses here, no alcohol sales. <clears throat> and I would like to add tobacco there, but I would ask to go to Director Morris what do we have restriction-wise that we can put in this if the applicant agrees to this? I know your intent is now, but I don't want a couple years down the road somebody else being allowed to come in under the office commercial and allow tobacco and alcohol sales especially. I don't know about tobacco, but you wouldn't be able to have alcohol because of the child care center. So under the ABC rules, <clears throat> that would be prohibited. As long as they stay there. In a couple years, if they vacate, now we've got a, a vacant building that would allow that. So. I want to see what restrictions, if any, we have. Why don't we get Aaron to weigh in, uh, Director Morris, please? Yes, thank you for the question, Commissioner Fortney. Uh, the commission has fairly limited ability because um, the city cannot apply conditions of approval to a rezoning, and that's fundamentally what this is. Um, you can get the um, representative of the property to memorialize here at this recorded public meeting what their intent is, but um, you can't condition the violation. Okay, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, is ISHC that's in shape, or what is the ownership group here? Is it, it was a very poor choice of a name of an LLC in 2012 is what it was. It has no connection with InShape Health Clubs whatsoever. Oh, that's so it's just serendipitous. Well, no, not really serendipitous, but it was just... It's there was going to be a split of properties, and... It, someone thought that it would be a good idea to name these these ancillary health club properties ishc properties because at the time they were ancillary in shape health club properties in 2012 that ceased to be the case so that's why i say it's just everyone's confused by it it's like this is in shape right no no it is a completely independent entity owned by different people that all this has done is just created a lot of confusion over the last 11 years since they established it. So no connection whatsoever with the health club entity at all. Was there at some point or it was? Well, to get into the weeds a little bit, um, when Millennium became in shape or when that transaction happened, the entity that bought all the real estate, which was real estate, realty income, properties, which is a large REIT, you probably have heard of it, and, you know, they were buying all the real estate. They didn't want to buy the property we're talking about right now. But the seller of Millennium conditioned the deal on it being part of it. So individuals who 
had roles in InShape um, individually grouped together and made this IASHC Properties LLC, and they bought these ancillary properties that the deal was contingent on, but that the REIT didn't want to buy. I don't know if that's really clear, but. <laughs> it, it, it's clear enough. I mean, it's not really relevant to rezoning, yeah. but I. I... There, except for the fact, and you raise a good point, that it, it isn't related to the health club, and that's kind of where this whole conundrum started because the Millennium ISHC Properties LLC wasn't related to the health club. And since under the recreation zoning, it has to be a use ancillary to the health club. But now you've got this bifurcation. No longer can you meet that test to have health ancillary health club uses. So that's really what brought us here tonight, actually. Thank you very much for helping us to understand a little more. It's a head scratcher. <laughs> Thank you. Commissioner Lightfoot. Uh, thanks. Uh, so at one point the um, the property or the where the commercial buildings are now, that was that was originally part of the original parcel and it was split off. Is that correct? Yeah, so the property that we're talking about today. Yep. Um, when it was approved in 2002, it was the approval also consisted of a subdivision that separated this parcel into a separate parcel. Okay. And so in 2002, when that split, was it the same owner? It was the same owner back then. Okay. That's why it worked. I mean, it, respectfully, and then that's why it worked because he owned both. So. He could have his offices. He could have his ancillary uses. Why? Why do we know why the the property they 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 seek to do a parcel separation or add a parcel? Do we know that? Or what? When? Like who was involved with that? We don't know why the property sold to a different buyer. Um, back in two thousand two, the subdivision and the creation of these accessory buildings were intended to be um, accessory to the main to the main building, but because it's its own parcel and own building, um, the property owner has the right to be able to sell their own property and to sell their own buildings. So the original vision was they were gonna be accessory to that uh, health club, Millennium, is what it was called at the time it was established. If I may, I'm not sure if maybe you were even thinking back before that. So Yeah, but what initiated the initial split of the two parcels? I, I think I can speak to that. Yeah. So I think what had happened was that the club was doing well. The area where the Millennium Center buildings are now, those were tennis courts at the time. And I believe he needed, he wanted to expand and have some other uses to benefit, basically broaden his net of potential marketing. He wanted to bring in the spa because then members of the club could come right over here to this parcel and go over here for spa services. And, and that's about when he, he was looking at establishing the child care center. Um, he wanted to have a space. He needed, he needed the room for his administrative offices, which was a good portion of the building. And at that time, there was a physical therapy business um, that was outgrowing the space. And so the, 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 if, and one looks back to the original approval, he was just looking to, 
you know, make higher and be better use of that area. He, he had a lot of tennis courts already, could, you know, cordon this off. He really wanted to have, that's when, you know, part of how Millennium Child Development Center got going. And of course, it's a very well established, well-known, highly reputable um, child care center now. And so it was a business decision. It was an economic decision initially. I'm, I'm I don't, I, so the part that I'm, maybe you guys can help, that I'm not understanding is uh, we, somebody, somebody changed the parcel map to add that parcel with the commercial buildings on it, correct? So is that, was it, was that discussion or was that note in our packet on when that change took place? Because I just got a note saying that it, it happened. I didn't quite see when or what applications went through to approve the parcel split. That was done in 2002. Okay. When the Millennium Sports Club was initially developed, correct? No, no, the, the main building sports club was constructed. 73. 75. Five. And then after that, um, as the applicant has indicated, the history associated with the reason for creating additional development on the property. Um, they decided to separate the lot in 2002. So my question, I guess, is uh, what was the reason for the split? Because if they were building a, a, uh, a, a property that's that's not conducive to the actual designated parks and rec. Um, it didn't change anything. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what I, I'm under, not understanding why it was necessary in the first place. Do you know what I mean? Uh, so I don't know the answer to why they decided to, but in land use planning, uh, it's easier for property owners to control their own properties when they're able to separate parcels for individual buildings. They can sell off individual properties a lot easier along with those buildings uh, versus if there is one site with multiple buildings, then they, ha they have a little bit more difficult time in being able to sell those off. Okay. So we basically granted a use on a, new, on a new property that's not really conducive with its current zone back in 2002 is when we made that error kind of, but it was because it was supposed to be associated Correct, correct, and that, it's not uncommon that you might see master plan developments where there's a main anchor building and then there's accessory smaller buildings that are supposed to complement that anchor building and all of its design as part of a master plan. Um, but it's also not uncommon for that plan to change. And, and this is one of those scenarios where um, at the time when all of those things were developed, there was a vision and how it was gonna work, but as times change, there, um, there isn't quite a need for providing those services for those smaller buildings. If, if I may just tag on to what he said. I don't think any of us really know what was in the mind of the gentleman who was in charge of the Millennium entities at the time. But having studied this property for a while, um, and it did take several years for them to finally get everything approved, to answer your other question, I think it's parcel map 44, book 44, page 67, or right in there is, when that was approved along with, as part and parcel of when he, no pun intended, uh, did, did this split. He did this split for economic reasons, for marketing, for business reasons, so he could generate more revenue from his property. And, and if you look at the project statement, you'll see that we did address this to some degree. We also found it 
somewhat confounding, but the applicant at the time, who was the, the Millennium uh, entities, they didn't raise it and the city didn't see the need to um, you know, condition it upon anything else. So it's sort of like this is these are the cards we're it, dealt yeah. now. Well, it works. It works if the same owner owns both parcels. It creates the conundrum when they're separated yes. in ownership. Is Absolutely, really what it is. Yeah. Um, I guess the only other question that I have, or so splitting off, uh, if 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 it is uh, split off. Um, well, it's not, it is split off, but what I mean is if you change the designation and taking away the area of the parking spots from uh, the sports club complex, uh, do, does that sports club complex still meet the parking standards required for that specific lot? Yes. You know those numbers offhand, what, what they need and what they actually have? Uh, we know the numbers for the building itself. So the site with this building Hmm? contains within its boundaries of its parcel parking to serve the building. Yep. Um, What's the effect on the other um, to the, the one? It's here. existing. The parking is there now for the existing Millennium Center. We know how far under they would, far above or under they would be? Um, no, I don't think that we looked at it because we were looking at specifically this particular parcel because um, parking separated at the site it, it happens to be in close proximity and be able to use the same drive aisles. Mm -hmm. um, but when we were looking at the analysis, we only looked at the comparison is if the number of land uses were to be increasing for this individual parcel, um, what effect could they still serve the uses independently from this other building? And that's, that's the reason why we only looked at that. Uh, it, it, isn't parking contiguous on that lot? It is, in what way is it separate? So, so the parking is, um, they are contiguous parking lots, but because they are in two separate parcels, we only looked at the parking for Millennium Center itself, the accessory buildings themselves, because any uses on that site would need to be served by parking on that parcel. There's no agreement between the two parcels at the moment that allows for reciprocal parking that would allow them to essentially share the parking to meet the parking requirements. And if so, I may, this is we where are I'm... working on a reciprocal parking agreement. One was drafted earlier uh, at the time of the transaction and for unknown reasons it wasn't uh, finalized. But it has been presented to Realty Income Properties and we do anticipate that we will secure a, a reciprocal parking agreement so that Health Club, Millennium Center, they'll have reciprocal circulation, et cetera, and parking. Chair. Oh, sorry to jump down. So is there an existing parking agreement? No. But it's pretty blended. I, I, I work out at, at in Shape Rounds Valley. So you can park anywhere when you go to the gym. To add some clarification to this discussion, on page 15 of your staff report packet, Table three parking analysis identifies in the first, uh, the second column, N shapes parking requirements that were approved in 2002. The approval showed 165 parking spaces for their parcel, mm -hmm. and the zoning requires 162 spaces. The accessory building, a separate parcel, was approved with 61 spaces, 
and the current, if they were to change to commercial office, they'd have to provide 51 spaces to serve the square footage based on that average. Perfect, thank you. Job, um, Mr. Inal. Um, I, I guess the, the parking thing is, it seems like that's just in flux then. Um, there's not currently an agreement, but one doesn't really seem necessary. My, my personal experience with that property, I've been there, I don't know, a hundred times or more times. Um, it's, there's always available parking on currently on the Millennium's, we'll call it the Millennium Center parcel. Um, it's rare, if ever, that I've ever seen any health club parking on the Millennium Center parcel. That being said, You've got a situation where legally one party or the other could could assert prescriptive rights, you know, in the absence of a written agreement. Um, so the the parking is does it need to be memorialized in writing and recorded? Absolutely. Should it have been in 2012 at the time of the of the when the transaction happened? And, and I have to say, I was here then, and I know, I mean, I reviewed that reciprocal agreement. I don't know if I was the person who submitted it to, to the title company, but I know that got into the mix, and my sense of it is, is it was inadvertent. You know, you're talking about a transaction involving five health club properties, being, being uh, acquired, uh, going business in five locations, being acquired, a couple of, there were two or three different ancillary. You know, it was a big transaction. I think it just fell through the cracks. And I suppose if I say I worked on it, I guess I have to take a little responsibility for that. But at the end of the day, the parties have an extremely good relationship. They do um, operate co cooperatively and collaboratively and I do not see, I, I do uh, firmly believe that they, we will have a, a reciprocal agreement in place to cover, it actually covers one other thing that's on the parcel map to be completely transparent. It has to do with the fire line that crosses the parcels. The parcel map calls out maintenance and repair of that fire line. And so the reciprocal agreement, I just reviewed it a few days ago. I just talked to Realty Income about it within the days leading up to this, this meeting here, um, that's covered. So then if that line should be damaged or it should need to be repaired or replaced, the parties under that agreement will, will cooperate, split 50-50, the, the cost of those things. And I've worked with Realty Income on many, many properties. They actually are the landlord on a lot of the in-shape uh, club locations, and so I, I have, I feel um, very confident that they may change a thing or two, you know, but, but we'll have a, an agreement in place before very long and recorded. Thank you. It also covers the, the you know, uh, entry and exit off of Browns Valley too. So not just the parking, but the circulation to go between the two. And currently, there's only one way in and out. Would that ever, is there, are you contemplating adding a different uh, plan? Does an easement need to be recorded? 
Well, you mean for the existing driveway or? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that it will. So the existing driveway will be covered under this reciprocal agreement that we're currently working on. Both the entry off Browns Valley and all the circulation on both parcels. You know, um, as far as an alternate entrance, um, it, it, transparently, we have looked at that. And it just um, it becomes it becomes problematic for a few reasons. I mean, we we went so far as to have engineering drawings drawn up so we could really evaluate what that would be like. It doesn't help the parcel really, um, and it does other things that are um, uh, not favorable, such as it would cut into the walking trail in another place. The distance between the two entries would be relatively close. Um, you can create, you know, there become safety concerns and a variety of things. So until such time as we would find that um, that, that one existing drive entry uh, is not sufficient, um, I think I think we should work with the one driveway. Um, if we had to establish another one, that would that would take some some work, and it has a little bit to do with the way the storm drain system is mm -hmm. in the corner of the property. The fact that you've got residential right there, you have to you know there's rules about distances and so forth. So I don't foresee another entry point today, as I stand here right now. Does that mean we won't? entertain it at some point in the future, I suppose. But I think, and just frankly, as a land use professional, I mean, I think having one entry point is safer in the sense that you know where everyone's coming from. Everyone's entering and exiting the same way. You don't have a lot of diversions. Um, I think it's in some way safer for the, for the Child uh, Development Center and it seems to be functioning. I mean, I have not received any complaints from anyone, including the health uh, club or anyone else that, oh my, you know, there's traffic backed up or it's so, uh, you know, um, out of control. You know, it, if that should happen, it's certainly something that would need to be looked at. Yeah, I, I don't think that we typically get letters like that um, if the project isn't being uh, looked at, I would say that the the entry feels a little awkward, uh, given that you have there's not, to my knowledge, a, 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 like a turn out into the, uh, the the Millennium Center, and then it feels super narrow coming in and out. Um, but and I would have to defer to them about turnout, you know. So you're meaning like a right turn, like a widening, so you can get out of Browns Valley Road and go over. Yeah, it 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 feels to me unsafe uh, at times. The the way that people have to really just jettison into traffic, um, that is 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 pretty quick traffic. Um, with all due respect. Mr. Uh, 
the city has a project review committee that's comprised of individual representatives from different departments, and one of those is our traffic engineer. They, they did note that uh, the change in the land uses that would occur at the site as a result of any action on this project wouldn't necessitate any uh, alterations to that drive-through or access onto the site. It wouldn't necessitate a second drive uh, drive-through. Okay. Um, are there any other comments? Thank Wait, I do have one oh, question. Sorry, Courtney. Um, the Child Development Center, lease terms, do you know what the term of their lease is? Um, it was it was extended just a short time ago, and I don't have the exact number right now, but it's uh, it may be out 10 more years. Okay. Along that line. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Stevenson. Uh, maybe we'll see you a little later. Thank you very much. We'll now open it up for public comment. Um, if you wish to address, any members of the public wish to address the topic, please line up behind the podium. That will close public comment and we'll bring it back um, for additional commissioner deliberation. Um, Wilkerson, we'll start down with you. Full disclosure, I run by this property every day and, you know, <clears throat> quickly getting into what, what was previously discussed, I don't see feasible because of the way the, the land is there and there's an intersection beforehand. So all those things have probably already been covered by public works. And so I just appreciate their work on that. Courtney. I do have concerns. I love the the VMTs and, and having the, the community services there and taking some trips off of Browns Valley Road or, the, you know, the existing surface streets there to get into town for services. But, but I am concerned that if the daycare center, the development centers lease, when their lease is up, you've got a vacant building now with commercial office that now can have alcohol and tobacco sales. And this was never intended to be a neighborhood retail center where we would have had one in that neighborhood. So I, I, I do have concerns there. Thank you, Commissioner Fortney. Noel? Um, I mean, I get the commentary regarding the actual property. It sounds like there's not gonna be an increase in traffic. I mean, getting out, of, getting in and out of areas on that, on that parkway is difficult, even if you're coming from the neighborhood across the street. It, I, my kid goes to Markham and it's, it's dicey even just getting from Markham. So um, I do, um, I hear Commissioner Fortney's concerns as well, but um, I, I do like the fact that my question was gonna be what, what's your intention of, of, what's the intent to put into that uh, space and dental pediatrics sounds ideal, any other services as such. Um, and so um, I'll just make that comment. Vargas. Um, so the lone comment we received on this was about traffic and congestion. So I, while others might not feel like it's a germane topic, the members of the public do. And so I'm just trying to allay concerns in the public that uh, we won't have increased congestion. Um, we received a comment that there are kids who like to play outside with dogs and um, they're just concerned about traffic. So, um, 
I just want to give the staff a chance to address specifically the concerns um, in the loan comment we received. Um, thank you, Chair. Uh, the observation about the comment and the concern was brought up uh, while we were working with our colleagues in different departments. What we found uh, through our observation about this was that um, traffic is a definite concern that we hear from residents uh, in their neighborhoods and vehicles driving by. And you might also see uh, signs that residents pull up. Uh, in our evaluation and talking with our colleagues, we found that um, that may not be the case in this scenario because uh, there aren't any access points from any of the adjoining neighborhoods that lead into this area, that it's one point of access. And so if you're seeing people come to this area that are not part of these neighborhoods, they're not gonna go through the adjoining neighborhoods to get back to their neighborhood. And the residents that are within the adjoining neighborhoods, they know their neighborhoods and they know what to expect and what they want in their neighborhoods. Um, aside from that, working with our traffic engineering division, they found that the changes of the uses between commercial office and parks and recreation were rather mild and um, there weren't a lot of those highway commercial activities that you might see a lot of traffic coming in and off uh, that might generate a lot of that concern. I'm satisfied with that, thank you. Um, Commissioner Lightfoot. Um, <clears throat> thank you. So no, I, I do have uh, concerns about this. Um, I think it's, it's interesting that because of the changing the, just the land use, um, we can't make any ancillary changes because there are conditions on the change. Um, one of those, this this particular owner um, has good intent and I really appreciate them getting up and speaking. Um, future owners, we don't, we don't know what could happen. Um, one of the, I mean, residential is a conditional use on commercial, if I'm correct. So if a, developer comes in, sees a property, wants to purchase it, they could develop, um, especially with current laws, um, you know, condos or something like that. I'm not saying it's just well suited for that, but, um, so I guess my question really is how, how can the, the applicant currently use their property and what, what restrictions are in place on that? There was a, there was a salon spa, could a salon spa go in it now? Um, there's a, there's currently a, um, a daycare center, could, a, could another daycare center go in? I mean, I know that under the current designation, there, it's limited, but um, there's, is there, can we grant um, approvals to their, their current, their current um, agreement rather than doing his own change? So kind of my question is how can we, how can we, um, rather than doing his own change, is there another tool that we can use to, to make sure that they can get um, some services in there that they feel it might be suitable? The, the zone change is the request that's in front of the commission from the applicant. That's what they're asking for. Um, so the previous entitlements that were issued in 2002 identified accessory uses to the main uh, building the evaluation of those uses at that time needed to be consistent with whatever was in the zoning ordinance or whatever's in the general plan. So if you were to say, hey, we want to issue a new land use entitlement for this property 
and we're going to specify only these land uses from the maybe commercial office designation. That would be an inconsistent action because it's not allowed currently in the private recreation or the parks and recreation designation. So it, the applicant's request is to uh, increase the variety that they can establish within that building. Uh, the zone change is the mechanism for them to be able to do that because any action to try and add more uses would be inconsistent with what the zoning allows for it currently as it is today. So, um, then uh, is there current uses that are allowed under the, the what, what are those just so we can all have Attachment those? six uh, to the commission staff report page 91 mm -hmm. uh, identifies as uh, allowable uses campgrounds and recreational vehicle parking, community assemblies, uh, like churches and synagogues, cultural institutions, parks and recreation facilities, yep. indoor sports and recreation, outdoor entertainment, outdoor sports and recreation, farmers markets, telecommunication facilities. Got you under the, so I'm that's under the the that designation that zone designation. But the currently the property is being used outside of those, and um, so you're saying they're not allowed to. What we're saying is that original entitlement was approved in 2002, and so the property owner can continue to use their uh, property as it was originally approved. Got it. Um, that's um, a non-conforming uh, land use. Currently, as it is today, they're allowed to continue operating that non-conformity, and that's fine. It's what happens when they go to expand beyond that is where they're, that's what's limiting in the code. Okay, so currently, if their lease is up on the child care center, then what happens? What can the what can the owner do with the property? And or the child care center goes out. How do they get a different tenant in there, or or is it just going to be abandoned? The types of land uses that can be allowed are vested by that original plan development entitlement. Okay, so that was my question. So as what, long as it's listed in that entitlement, that's so what what, what land uses are listed in the entitlement? That's what I was thinking. My main point. Um, if we uh, have Commissioner uh, Director Morris would like to weigh in. To make the point that the existing child care center itself is legal non-conforming, meaning that if it weren't there, someone could not operate a child care center there. Um, the uses of the site are very limited by the fact that since the, the initial building was built and the uses started happening, um, the city's regulations have changed a lot. And so there, it really is a limiting factor for the use of this building, these buildings absent the zone change. Yep, understood. So what are the lists of the current, under the current entitlement, what, what can be used there? Physical therapy, day spa, offices, and daycare centers are accessory uses uh, to the main building. Okay, so just uh, day spas, offices can be used there currently. Accessory to the main building. That's the limiting issue with this is that they acknowledge that the zoning may not have included offices as you see it in the commercial office designation, which is why they said offices accessory to the main building. Got it. And that's what's been troubling is there's an idea of wanting to expand offices, but it says accessory to that main building. Is that what compels you to say that it was a, a mild impact? Something like an office is, is, is going to be rather mild? Uh, no, no. The evaluation that we looked at uh, was compared to the allowable lists of land uses that could be established as it, it is today. So if you were to look at um, businesses like 
community assembly businesses, or indoor sports and recreations, those can generate a lot of traffic and a lot of parking demand. If those can be allowed, how does that compare to other businesses like retail and general merchandise or offices? And the change is not, it's negligible. It's, it doesn't necessitate uh, a new parking study. It doesn't necessitate other improvements offsite. Uh, we checked with our utilities department and confirmed that the existing stormwater uh, sewer and waters all uh, there to be able to accommodate that increase in uses, even if it was the most intensive use, like a restaurant, uh, those facilities are already in place to be able to serve it. Super helpful. Thank you. Um, Commissioner Banta? Yes, thank you for your presentation and thank you for answering all the questions. Um, I like this project. I think that, you know, our in our land use, we want to create more jobs, create more access to jobs. That's what she says she wants to do is have more ability there and it's really restricted. And um, I like that we're starting to use our legislation to provide access to more services and more ways. So I appreciate this. Thank you, Commissioner Banta. Vice Rudin. I also um, do like this project as well because looking through it at first, I was wondering, wait, why do we have to do a, a land a zone change, excuse me? I didn't realize how it was zoned currently, how limited it is. So it doesn't benefit the community and it doesn't benefit the landowner to have empty office space, even if it is only 4,600 square feet. And then so looking through the list uh, on, was it page 14? No, page 12 and 13 that shows a side-by-side -side comparison of what currently they can use it for, which isn't very much, um, and then what it can expand to. I thought that would definitely benefit the community. And I did at first have concerns like, well, I wonder what kind of business they're looking at. Are they looking at a restaurant or anything? And so I do appreciate how you mentioned that it would be something for underrepresented. And I think if you can get a, a, a kid's dentist, um, that would be a perfect spot. And I don't think, and, and traffic's usually one of the first things that I do consider when I look at a project. Um, Especially, you know, every project we look at is usually one of the first things, you know, even though the state's kind of whittling that away as, you know, it's, it's not high on their priority list. But I don't see something like a dental office adding any significant amount of traffic to this area um, or even to the parking. And I was also curious, as I was looking through the parking uh, part, you know, I was, I was curious if you guys were going to have an agreement, and it looks like that ball's already rolling. Um, also, the next thing that I was concerned about, and I really appreciate in the staff report you guys addressing this on page 16, is the land use or the state laws that would allow for uh, housing to go in there. And so I really appreciate how you guys did address that in the report. I thought it was incredibly thorough, and. And in all reality, it would never pencil out to put any kind of housing there. So, but I do appreciate that you guys put that in there and um, I'm very much in support and I'll make a motion if we're ready. Uh, just about, I um, want to congratulate the uh, staff on this um, terrific uh, report. Um, I would add that the um, thing, as, as speaking as a resident of the first district, we really need more commercial um, we, we, and, and more uh, professional office space. Uh, it'd be nice to not have to drive all the way around the town to, to get to a, a doctor's appointment. So I, I'd see this as actually helping to um, do more for 
um, building community in that area. Um, so thank you for um, bringing the project forward and um, for the terrific report. With that, I'll entertain a motion. Yeah, I like to read the long ones. Please, Vice Chair Rudin. Right, I always double check. Okay, I'd like to make a motion by simple motion, recommend that the City Council adopt a resolution of the City of, Ac City of Vacaville City Council, considering the Vacaville General Plan Final Environmental Impact Report, Final Supplemental EIR, and the addendum to the FEIR and SFEIR, finding that no subsequent EIR is required pursuant to section 15162 of the California Environmental Quality Act guidelines. Based on this substantial evidence included in the addendum and the reaffirming and reaffirming the Vacaville General Plan FEIR and amending the general plan map by changing the land use designation from private recreation to commercial office for a 1.3 acre site located in the Millennium Center at 3442 Browns Valley Road, APN 0123-422-270, and introduce an ordinance of the City of Vacaville City Council amending Title 14 of the Vacaville Municipal Code by changing the zoning designation from Parks and, Rec Parks and Recreation to Commercial Office for a 1.3-acre site located in the Millennium Center at 3442 Browns Valley Road, APN 0123-422-270. I'm sorry, can you repeat that? <laughs> uh, do we have a second? Seconded by uh, who? Okay, Banta, uh, Commissioner Banta. Um, will the clerk please call the roll? Commissioner Wilkerson. Commissioner Courtney. Vargas. Yes. Commissioner Lightfoot. Yes. Commissioner Banta. Vice Chair Rudine. Yes. Chair Klein. Yes. Thank you. With that, we'll move to item number eight, director's report. We will receive uh, Director Morris's remarks, please. They will queue up the slides. I have about two and a half hours of material to cover. I'm kidding. Good. <laughs> 10 minutes and hopefully be painless. <laughs> I have a moment over there. Okay. Next slide. Uh, there are quite a few updates about city council actions on either items that have gone through planning commission or of interest to the planning commission. So I'll go through these kind of quickly. On December 12th, the, uh, the city council approved the two housing element implementation items, the redesignation and rezoning of 719 Markham um, and the land use policy changes pertaining to industrial and buffers between that and residential. Uh, they also um, gave staff direction on how to proceed with a digital billboards zoning text amendment. Uh, and I'll explain in a little bit how that will be coming in front of the commission a couple times. And then um, on January 9th, uh, the first council meeting of the year, um, second reading of the 719 Markham zone change, uh, the council also um, did the second reading of the unreinforced masonry buildings ordinance, um, and then they selected a new vice mayor at that meeting. 
Um, and then the same week, uh, a day later, uh, the council held a special meeting out at Ulatus to discuss whether or not to extend the NRA for the Menard Battery Storage Facility. And uh, unanimously, the council decided not to extend the NRA for the Menard Battery Storage Facility. So go on to the next slide. Um, we're still working on um, organizing the Planning Commission's spring calendar. Uh, we know for sure that the Commission will see the general plan annual report and housing APR at the February meeting. So please maybe drink some coffee during the day. Uh, it'll be hopefully short and uh, sweet. Uh, we're working on a date for the Vine Tree Estate Subdivision. Um, we will be bringing a study session on the digital billboards. Um, the council gave direction, so staff's going to be implementing the direction, and we're not really going to be asking the commission to give us different direction, but we'd like to have uh, this be a place where the public can come, learn about what's proposed. You'll ask great questions. They can ask great questions, all in the lead-up to having, having it come formally before you uh, as it goes to council for adoption. And then the last thing is we're working on a 2024 land use and development code update. Some of these are mandatory items from the housing element and it is sort of a cornucopia of some other items. So just have it on your radar. Uh, that's something that will be coming before this commission in the first half of the year. No dates, but lots of promises. And then um, we'll go to the building division monthly report. It has been a little bit slower in the building division, which is not uncommon during the holidays at all. Uh, so we have a little bit less building permit activity, um, a few more permits issued this month than last month, or, um, but generally it's a little bit lower in the activity front. However, we did get some um, additional more fees um, during the end of the year, which is great. So um, inspection activity is still strong, but it was a little bit less during the holidays. People for some reason aren't replacing their water heater in December, and we're not going to inspect that. Let's go to the next slide. And then this shows how we're trending on building permits to date. As you can see, um, building permit activity has been declining as we came to the end of the year. Uh, we do expect some building permit activity in particular out at Lower Lagoon Valley in the first quarter of this year and a couple other fairly large projects. So we're still hopeful, but it is slowing down. And we'll go to the next slide, which shows our inspections, which trend with our building permit issuance um, slowing down, but still um, it's pretty amazing that the small team in the building division conducted 877 inspections in December. It's a lot for a very small team. And we'll keep going. And this is our chart that shows the relationship of solar permits to building permits. And they still are trending fairly similarly, although solar permitting has been pretty flat, as you can see, ever since June. Okay, let's go on to the next part, and this is I'm going to turn it over to Planning Manager Paimon Bevend. Good evening. I'm sorry, I thought you were speaking. Okay, hi. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, good evening. Um, so, uh, for the month of December, um, similar to building, there wasn't a lot of activity. Um, most of the activity was related to minor commercial or residential. Uh, building permits uh, for District 2, we did have a new project, which is to uh, modify the master plan for the Eleanor uh, Nelson master plan, uh, Park Master Plan. Um, and some, in terms of going to the new projects, District 5, uh, we had some new applications, Family of Faith Daycare and Preschool, and Lower Lagoon Valley uh, modification of their um, uh, master plan plan development document. And this is a document that um, lays out what the design should consist of, how it should look, um, what the street section should be. Just a, very, um, very thick document. And the intended changes are to really uh, bring the project into compliance with some of, the, some of the plan checks that have been prepared, some of the uh, updated design guidelines, design standards that Public Works has, and but also to really reevaluate um, whether there are certain elements that were approved back in 2004 um, that we still wanna keep or do we wanna um, sort of 
modernize those designs. So that goes hand in hand with a lot of conversations that we've had with uh, home builders and the projects they've brought to us. And um, um, we're all friends now, but uh, but we've held them to some pretty high standards for that project uh, project site. So the the document that we're reviewing now is really going to uh, formalize all those conversations and um, have design standards for future home builders in, in Lower Laguna Valley. So reviewing that now, um, and in terms of what we approved at Lower Laguna Valley, we approved the uh, a guardhouse, which is sort of the which what everybody's gonna see going into Lower Laguna Valley. Um, we approved house plans for neighborhood A. Uh, we approved house plans for neighborhood K1, and we approved the interim fire station. And so the interim fire station is going to be in place, um, I think, until the sixth or eighth, seven hundredth uh, building permit, and that's when the permanent fire station has to be uh, completed. Um, again, those are really the um, the highlights of Little Organic because it's been going on for so long. We're actually making some movement. Um, and as you all know out there, there's a lot of work that's been done. So these projects, as the director mentioned, uh, you know, building permits coming in early this year or the remainder of the year, there's going to be a lot of uh, Lower Lagoon Valley activity too. Um, those are really it uh, for uh, District 6. Again, um, a lot of minor um, improvement permits and, uh, and things like that. So going on to advanced planning. Um, not a lot has changed. Our focus continues to be the housing element implementation. Um, we are planning right now tentatively to meet with the um, development community on January 31st to discuss a number of uh, programs that actually <laughs> require us to meet with the development community to find ways to address housing in Vacaville. So we're putting that invitation together uh, for, uh, for January 31st. Uh, the Allison uh, PDA, um, as you all know, we did get $1.2 million from MTC. Uh, we anticipate the RFP going out this month. Uh, to uh, prepare the specific plan. And the same for inclusionary housing, which we expect the RFP to go out this month as well. Um, so those are the only activities for um, current advanced planning. The last part of our presentation. So uh, for those who are coming to the end of their term or members of the public who are interested in planning commission, all applications need to be submitted by this, the end of this week, January 19th. You're a seated commissioner and you want to um, be seated again, you have to apply. So please get those applications in. And the city council will be um, interviewing candidates and ultimately making those appointments on February 27th, uh, 2024. Uh, recruitments, um, I don't, I let, there's no, well, there is wood to knock on. It's going well. Um, the new assistant director of community development will be starting on Monday. I'm very excited to introduce her to this commission, um, either before or at the February uh, planning commission meeting. Uh, she's a very seasoned planner with a lot of uh, planning management experience. And so I'm really, really excited. And then we have received accepted offers for our plan check engineer and our senior planner. And they're both in background right now, which is also kind of thrilling. And then lastly, our new permit technician started today after he got excused from jury duty, he reported to duty in our office. So I would say that things are looking up on the recruitment front. And I think that's the last slide, Albert and Pimon, but just check me. Perfect. If you have any questions or comments, we're happy to take them before we're done. Questions, comments? Congratulations. I know you've worked hard on that. Um, with that, we'll move to commissioner comments. This portion of the agenda is to inform each other of items of potential interest to other commissioners, such as interagency meetings or off other announcements as appropriate. We'll start with Commissioner Wilkerson. Yes, yesterday I attended the Martin Luther King uh, Jr. event at Ulatis, um, put on by Vacaville People's Forum and Alicia, Aisha Gutierrez. 
um, the Black Chamber, Solano Black Chamber, and the new Vice Mayor, uh, Greg Ritchie. And so it was a fantastic event. I, I, I really want to thank everyone who came out. I believe most of council was able to make it. I did see the city manager, assistant city attorney, city attorney, director Morris, um, retired director Hubbard, um, and a lot of other staff there in the building. And I, uh, Chair Klein was there. Um, I saw Commissioner Rudy and Commissioner Banta, tons from the Parks and Rec. And it was a, it was a very well-attended event, well event, over 600 people. But his dream is, not, is unfinished. Equality is, isn't so important, and that's the, what I, with my takeaway, is that yes, he had a dream, but the dream is not finished, and equality was a major theme, and equality for all. And so I just really appreciate everyone who took the time in to plan that event, um, very well attended, and that's all I have. Please still in my thunder, Mr. Wilkerson. Uh, Commissioner Fortney? Nothing to report. <clears throat> well, I have nothing. Um, I as well, like um, Commissioner Wilkerson said, I attended the MLK Day yesterday, and it was a great event to be part of. And um, no, my takeaway was like the equal access for everybody, right? The equal access to opportunity for basic human rights, such as housing, adequate shelter, income, education, healthcare. And for me, I'm really excited to see all the advanced planning work that goes into equal access and um, for all people, right? And that's why I joined this planning commission was to make sure that that voice is heard for people that aren't homeowners, that, that people that are low income. And so it's really important to me that we're doing that in advanced planning. And I'm just really excited for 2024. So thank you. Thank you very much, Commissioner Banta. As uh, Commissioner Wilkerson said, I was there as well, and I brought my daughter with me. And um, oh, at the Martin Luther, Dr. Martin Luther King event yesterday, and I love to see when community comes together. Um, it was a phenomenal event, and I will be going next year. And I will hopefully be bringing uh, well, I don't know about all three of my kids. My youngest, not so much, but. Um, I really enjoyed it and I hope it grows. It sounded um, that when Ali, uh, Aisha had started it, it was just, it, it was small and it's grown and grown. And um, I also attended the town hall for the battery storage. And regardless of being for it or against it, again, it was great to see community come together. So those are my comments. I uh, would add that I, as I, I also attended the uh, the People's Forum event um, on Monday, and it was truly inspiring to see how this town is really maturing. I mean, I, mean, I, I think we're always in, in, in a stage of growth, but this is the most beautifully diverse planning commission that I think that we've had um, you know, we've certainly never had a black chair. Um, we have uh, a real diverse array of people. Uh, when we look out at the people who are doing planning and it, it shows uh, that we are moving toward that dream. But something that was said that I think is worth noting, um, the importance of the Dr. King was not about skin color. 
And he didn't just do it for um, one race. He, he did it so that all people could be free. That's what got him up in the morning. I think that speaking to Commissioner Banta's point that it's about really about equality and equity. Uh, I would add civility is in short supply. I, I hope that we can have a real civil 2024. Um, I look forward to working with each of my colleagues throughout the coming year. And let's um, adjourn in the name of equality.